in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people trying to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Taking your right to self defense. They say you're safer, but they don't make sense. Dangerous ones will not turn into guns. Always ask more. All we buy is made on foreign shores. Come a day when there'll be real hell to pay. I've gotta be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn UN. Welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I am your ever so humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Zapp, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee, and so very glad to have you along for the ride. Thank you so very much for being here. There is no question, no doubt whatsoever, that here we are on a Sunday afternoon. And no matter how much information we're getting, I'm always left hungry for more. And uh, so here we go. I'm going to try to share some stuff along with some thoughts. But as we deal with the hunger for the quest for information, knowledge, and uh, the restoration of common sense, that doesn't mean we shouldn't be concerned about, you know, actual physical hunger. It's something to keep in mind. Right now... China is hoarding massive amounts of food. Soon, they're going to have nearly two-thirds of the world's corn reserves, nearly half of the rice, nearly half of the wheat. And what does that really indicate to you? What is it that China knows that we don't? Well, as I have mentioned in the past, China is the proverbial canary in the coal mine when it comes to food shortages on a global level. So for everyday average Americans like you and me, uh, we can count on seeing some food shortages. That's just no question, no doubt. That, my friend, is what makes it a really 
really smart idea right now to start stocking up if you haven't already. And if you have, to keep stocking up on some of the best-selling survival food kits on the planet. We're talking about from our friends over at 4Patriots.com. You can create your own stockpile of these best-selling 4Patriots survival food kits that are hand-packed in the United States of America. Kits that are compact and easily stackable uh, for ease of storage. They are rated to last up to 25 years. And if you do have to rely on them for an extended period of time, they have all kinds of different delicious breakfasts, lunches, dinners. They've added new desserts recently. So you don't have to worry about running the risk of burning out. Just get yourself a nice little uh, variety. And in case you're wondering about the delicious part, Go check out the tons of five-star reviews that they have, literally raving about the flavors. I mean, you would think that these are five-star meals, not just five-star reviews of emergency food. Right now, do yourself a favor. You can get 10% off your first purchase over at 4Patriots on their survival food by typing in code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4Patriots.com, use code T-A-P-P to get 10% off your first purchase of 4Patriots survival food. That's 4Patriots.com, the number 4Patriots.com, use code TAP, T-A-P-P, all in bold. Uh, uppercase, just do it that way. And you know what? It's not just a survival food either. Uh, literally anything site-wise, use code TAP. It'll work. You'll get your uh, discount. Trust me on that. All right, let's start off uh, dealing with something that we had commented on last Friday's live show. Uh, talked about it with more than one of our guests, and that is the fact that the United States of America, basically, with this whole Sudan issue, had got the government people out, but they weren't doing anything whatsoever. In fact, acted as if it wasn't even possible to try to get Americans out. Uh, the conversation I had with Ron Edwards in particular really emphasized uh, this particular issue. Well, over the weekend, surprise, surprise, I'm assuming because of pressure put on by Folks like you, after hearing folks like me talking about it, uh, they finally started trying to do a little something, something, uh, being embarrassed once again by private sector folks and uh, freaking charities from around the world, putting forth a lot of effort to try to go get these people and get them safe. Uh, they finally started trying to evacuate Americans from Sudan. In fact, according to... To the Associated Press, they started on Saturday. We started seeing buses carrying several hundred American citizens finally reaching Port Sudan as drones overhead kept a watchful eye against any bad actors in the region. Yes, now those Americans have to find their way out of the country on ships departing for peaceful lands. But the U.S. government is reportedly working with Saudi Arabia to send a ship to the port to rescue the Americans. Anybody notice the difference between actual evacuation and just running a bus with a drone overhead 
as doing anything about it. Oh, we're trying to find something. To, why are we not sending our own ships? Why are we not getting our people out? And sure, if you just need to take them to another nearby port for evacuation purposes, then so be it. But why is that not? Oh, we're going to negotiate with Saudi Arabia, who, by the way, the Biden administration is already thoroughly angered, enraged, and drove into the waiting arms of China in an effort to try to uh, appease leftist ideas and leftist uh, ideologues who were just not real happy with the murder of Khashoggi. You know, the New York Times occasional contributor who was, in fact, unscrupulously murdered in a Saudi Arabian consulate. Yeah, the Saudi Arabian folks, they're not nice guys. They're really not. And they're not the kind of people we would typically want to have as an ally. But they were a solid ally against the efforts of Iran in the region. And when it comes to a situation where you don't have an option better than the lesser of two evils, Saudi Arabia certainly falls into the category of the lesser. Because they targeted people that were nationals of the Saudi Arabian kingdom and who were very, very outspoken against the royal family. They knew what it was going to cost them, and he, he even knew the risk when he went in there. But the way it was handled, yes, there should have been sanctions. There should have been uh, a lot of diplomatic pressure put on in an effort to, uh, you know, convince them not to behave this way any further into the future. But to literally drive them into a new alliance with China and Russia, which also by default means now they're working alongside allies of Iran, obviously not directly with Iran. These guys hate each other. Iran and Saudi Arabia now kind of, sort of allies, despite them not liking each other. It's bad news for the area. But Biden went way out of his, way out of his efforts to try and attack Saudi Arabia's leadership and say such bad things about him, that this is literally what he's created in the Middle East. And now uh, we need them to come help rescue Americans in the Sudan? Come on. Now, for those of you who are still only kind of hearing bits and pieces on the peripheral when it comes to Sudan, Sudan's been under heavy conflict since about April 15th. We've got two Americans who died there that confirmed. Several others are missing and believed to be dead. The U.S. was able to evacuate its embassy staff, but told thousands of Americans that they were on their own and that they wanted, if, and that if they wanted to flee, uh, let me emphasize and actually get the words out correctly and in, in the right order, if they wanted to flee, uh, to get out away from the fighting, then good luck. Is what they said. We literally had a replay of the Afghan departure where we were running helicopters off of the roofs of the embassy, making sure that Biden got his State Department people out 
but didn't give a rat's backside about regular American citizens who happen to be there for any reason whatsoever. It, it didn't matter to them. Sorry, you're on your own. Now, to me, this feels like it's a little too little, way too late. Perhaps way too little, way too late. Because, again, it doesn't really seem like they're actually evacuating Americans. So I'm not sure why we even get to call it this. Why does the headline say that we are now evacuating when we're just somehow managing to get folks on buses and get them to a port where they could be evacuated, but they still don't have an actual way to leave yet? How is that evacuation? It's, it's step one of an evacuation. It is not the actual evacuation. So why are we doing this? Why are we referring to it that way? If you want to get out, uh, good luck. The White House could not explain this week why other nations were able to send planes to Sudan's capital and to evacuate their citizens. But the U.S. was caught flat-footed. The U.S. actually negotiated the ceasefire that allowed for all these other Western nations and a few other non-Western nations to get their people out. If we knew we had negotiated the ceasefire, we knew how fragile it would be, why is it we couldn't do more to get our folks out? Why is it that we made our evacuation of the embassies and consulates look so desperate and so dire? We literally made it look like we are the weakest puniest little wusses on the block. And, of course, this administration has no idea how negative that actually affects world stage policy. Well, you know, the foreign policy is very strong. We're very good at it. For what angle are you talking about? Very good at, uh, if you're trying to make it look like there's no reason anyone should ever respect us. Well, you're pretty good at that, which I believe is probably um, the mindset behind somebody who's whispering in Joe's ear. Because, you know, it's, it's America's fault that, you know, we're America and all. This past Thursday, a reporter pressed Corinne Jean-Pierre for any kind of answer that could explain the disparity between America's response and literally the rest of the free world. Quoting from the reporter, Given the president's direction and what you're saying right now, a number of other countries have evacuated citizens over the course of the last several days, and taking advantage of this ceasefire the U.S. helped put in place. The U.S. still has not... What is different about your risk assessment right now or security assessment than what other countries are looking at as they've gone in and gotten their people out? Uh, legitimate question, right? What is it that you're seeing on the ground? Uh, what intel do you have that makes it seem so much scarier for you to try to go get our people than what Germany, Italy, France, uh all of these other countries that have done so, what is it that made it look like it was scarier for us to do it? And again, excuse me, uh, if it was so bad, if our intel was correct that you're keeping under the hat, how is it that they've been successful 
at getting their people out. And now we've just started late in the game running buses to a port and calling up Saudi Arabia, who is not particularly well inclined to help the Biden administration, even if they would like to maintain solid relations with America as a whole, with the understanding that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is not going to be in the world's most expensive nursing home forever. Naturally, KGP, uh, not G, K, KJP, I'm sorry, uh, short for Corinne Jean-Pierre. I wonder why I wanted to say G. I just felt like G fits. Anyway, KJP, I'm probably never going to call her that again after this, but anyway, Jean-Pierre chalked it all up to intelligence briefings that weren't available to the public. Again, how good were those intelligence briefings if these other countries were successful at getting their people out and are, in fact, still working on getting more of them out? Just wondering. And what changed that now you finally started running a bus line? Anyway, quoting here again, uh, this time from uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre. And we've been clear on what the president laying out which is what I did, laying out at the president's direction what we have done, how we move forward, how we worked with allies and partners to get Americans out. Yeah, you've been real clear. You said it wasn't going to happen. That's the clarity. Uh, so despite the fact that every time they say they've been real clear or she wants to make things clear, uh, clearly she's just trying to muddy the water because they don't have a clear response that doesn't make them look like idiots. From what that sounds to me, that once again, they put Americans last. Yeah, we're going to help negotiate a ceasefire. And again, pay attention. What did they say? Laying out what they've done and how they move forward and how they worked with allies and partners. Meaning everybody else was a priority ahead of the American citizens. I mean, that's what I'm getting from that. If anybody's getting something different, feel free to, to point it out and say, here, here, Tim, here's where you're wrong. But uh, I, that's what it sounds like. I mean, to hear the press conference, and I suggest if you haven't heard it, my reading of this obviously is not doing justice to the utter ineptness that is Corinne Jean-Pierre trying to say these things. Anyway, she continued, <clears throat> and we've been pretty clear. I don't think anybody's ever said the word clear as much as Corinne Jean-Pierre. Anyway, says, and we've been pretty clear about this for the past several months, for the past year, what the situation in Sudan. And so we're going to continue to have those controversies. We're going to continue to have those conversations. I wanted to say controversies because it is rather controversial that this is what she gets to say. Do you hear how disconjointed the thing she's saying is? Even if you were to hear her saying this, it still doesn't make much more sense than the disjointed way I'm reading it because it's a disjointed statement. She does not do well in this. I mean, literally, it's one thing to have somebody that's going to be periodically dishonest with you. It's another thing to have someone who's going to be 
overly aggressive towards the media core, or not aggressive enough in pushing back against the media. But this is such a level of ineptness, it's, it goes beyond embarrassment. I feel bad for this woman because her only qualification for this job seems to be the fact that she's black and queer. And we know that's important for the Biden administration, and it's really important for leftist ideology and, and the ideas of being inclusive and making sure that people are visible. But it seems to me like it would be in the best interest of inclusivity. It would be in the best interest of making the case of how people of queerness and, and people of color can be just as good and, and and all these other things that are absolutely true, they certainly can be, it would be in the best interest to include some level of meritorious capability, as in, uh, let's go find somebody who actually can do the job that we're asking them to do. I, I, it's that so odd. I mean, you can say what you want to about the circle back Jin Saki lady who had the job before Corinne, but she at least was competent in speaking, she was incompetent in delivering the message, and she was capable of handling a few things off the cuff without having to check, recheck, and then check one more time the binder, which, of course, she's not using the binder quite as much as she used to, but it's only made her worse. Anyway, back to the point of what we're discussing. Uh, continuing quoting here, <clears throat> and we've been clear on what the president, laying out, which is what I did, laying it out, the president's direction, that what we have done, how we move forward, how we move forward, gee, I, I just, please, for the love of God, why is she so redundant? Why does she continue to say things over and over and still just as badly as she did before? Well, maybe because she's trying to accomplish the one thing that she's actually getting me to do right now. I am at this point in time focusing more on her ineptness at speaking as opposed to the fact that that's a distraction to keep us from talking about what they're actually failing to do going to continue these conversations, and then she says, I'm certainly not going to get into any, <clears throat> any intelligence or how that's come about or how we came to certain, certain kind of intelligence, surveillance, or reconnaissance. <clears throat> Again, I'm really just angry at how she's speaking. It's kind of unclear how the intelligence changed so much within 48 hours, uh, the last 48 hours, that the State Department decided that they could, in fact, send some assistance to the U.S. citizens that were stranded in Sudan. From an outsider's perspective, it would seem more likely that it was pressure, pressure put on the Biden administration, pressure from citizens like you and me and actually a good number of folks on the left are in agreement on this there's 
It is really hard to find very many people in this country, regardless of political persuasion, that are perfectly okay with your saying, well, if you work for us, we'll get you out safe and sound, but, you know, everybody else is on your own. Because we're not really in the business of serving the American people, are we? Seems way more likely that pressure, even from the media, as they were talking about how a lot of folks on the political left here in this country are still all about don't abandon American citizens in a situation where you know only bad things are going to happen. Now, some people at this point might say something uh, clever or, or, or glib, like, well, better late than never. But literally with thousands more people to go, keep it in mind that we're still only talking about uh, hundreds of Americans who've gotten to the port city. They have not found a way out yet. They're not... I saw one report that we're sending the military vessels into the area, but it's not like we're using that to actually evacuate. We're using it to help facilitate evacuations, meaning that they're going to essentially run escort duty for the ships that will actually be evacuated. And why do we have to depend on ocean evacuation, especially in this part of the the world. It seems like air retrieval would be a better option. I mean, maybe I'm just off my rocker here, but, you know, anybody's welcome to correct me if you think I'm wrong. But at the same time, how is that not the better option? Thousands more still yet to be gathered. How is this worth celebrating, which is what some folks in the media, especially the AP articles that I saw, sounded like, well, the Biden administration's finally triumphing in foreign policy by virtue of getting into the game of saving American citizens a little late. And by a little, I mean way late in this particular case. It's absolutely mind-boggling that this is the situation. I don't get it. I really don't. Why do they get a pass at this? Should they? Absolutely not. Why are they? Why would anybody treat this like a victory? I mean, it's a start. It's a start. I'll give you that. But it's a long way off from saying that they've actually done their job. All right. Before we go into the mid-hour break want to remind you that our friends over at Gold Co. need you to be fully aware of some of the things that are going on, just in case you haven't been paying attention. Now, I know the regular listeners of this show are well aware, especially if you're a regular listener because you've heard me give you this spiel before. But if you happen to be here for the first time or if you just have accidentally come across the podcast, if you're a lefty, who's just trying to listen in to see what that crazy Tim guy is saying this week. doesn't matter who you are. This is something that you can take advantage of. There is a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout going on right now. 
It's beginning to look an awful lot like 2008 all over again. We've seen banks collapsing. In fact, another one just this past Friday. We see executives taking big bonuses. And the whole while, the White House is running to their rescue, leaving the rest of us out to dry. Regular people like you and me, we're struggling at this point. Some of us can't pay our bills, certainly can't afford to fill our gas tanks. And suddenly the Biden administration, Joe himself, has the nerve to bail out some of the wealthiest Americans again, not to mention folks with direct connections to the Chinese Communist Party. And, you know, you don't even have to guess. You know who's paying for that. You are. I am. We are. But you don't have to play their game anymore. You can opt out, at least this part of the system, move your cash into gold and silver. Do it right now before it's too late. Call our friends over at Gold Co. at 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and other precious metals, too. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. You know, before the White House comes and takes it all away from us, uh, call 855-387-2932 right now and learn how you could get up to $10,000 worth of bonus silver while supplies last. One last time, that number is 855-387-2932. And if you're listening to the podcast, there will be a link in the show description that will also help you to get where you need to go to at least check out their free wealth protection kit. All right, don't go anywhere. We're going to take that mid-hour break right now, and when we come back, we shall continue. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. the Cuban Missile Crisis and Americans' fear of war, President John F. Kennedy shared an inspirational 1961 inaugural address. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. Kennedy stated, and I quote, The torch has been passed to a new generation of Americans born in this century tempered by war, disciplined by hard and bitter peace, proud of our ancient heritage, and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed. In the long history of the world, only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can only light the world. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. With a good conscience, 
our only sure reward with history, the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own, unquote. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Brought to you by Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Bean stocks designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalks is to simplify that whole process. In other words, put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly from your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Introducing Einstock. Drink. Conquer. Repeat. Skull. Einstock beer is a globally distributed, award-winning Icelandic craft beer. Einstock is created from the Icelandic water that flows from glaciers through lava fields and delivers some of the purest water on Earth. Knowing that beer is 95% water, we source the first and most vital ingredient from the local springs of a mountain that stands guard over the town of Akiari, just 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle. Einstock beer is crafted with locally sourced ingredients, and the brewery runs from 100% renewable energy sources, geothermal, and hydropower. Einstock has become the number one craft beer and also the number one alcohol export from Iceland. Here in the United States, you can find Einstock beer on the shelves at retail chains like ABC Fine Wine and Spirits, Bemmo, Cost Plus World Market, HEB in Texas, Kroger, Publix, Target, Total Wine, Trader Joe's, and Whole Foods, just to name a few. So won't you raise a glass and drink Conquer. Repeat. Skull. 
Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. You say gun control is using both hands. I've got to be free the way God made men. And I won't be ruled by the damn U.N. I look at all the lonely people. Hello, this is Stella Morabito, author of The Weaponization of Loneliness, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for staying with us through that very brief break. And uh, you heard me popping the cork on the bubbly. You want to know why? Because we are welcoming our third sponsor to the show right here in this spot. So we're celebrating a little bit. Uh, Always happy to have somebody new coming along for the ride, believing in this show and its message. And more importantly, believing in uh, you guys, the audience. Uh, wanting to make sure that they have a chance for you to hear them and hopefully uh, go engage with their product. Right now, here we go, introducing our brand new sponsor. We're talking about Vanish Holsters. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so if you're a regular listener of this show, uh, somebody that actually supports the show as well, then you know as well as I do that one of the surest ways to eke your way down the path to oppression is to give up your guns. Or, even worse, well, not worse, but just as bad, really, is to not have one of your guns when you actually need it. And that's why I want to talk to you a little bit about a big mistake that a lot of people make. Uh, If you have been in this situation, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. A big mistake when it comes to their holsters. That mistake, of course, is being that they get one that's so uncomfortable that they just stop using it. That means that on your quest to defend yourself or your family or your neighbors or whoever, well, you're already, well, you kind of failed from the start. You don't have your firearm. And that's why Vanish Holsters is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. Thousands of their customers say that it's literally the most comfortable holster ever. And when you get one, you never stop carrying. This holster also saves you money because it fits right about 99% of all semi-automatic handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions and carries two fully loaded magazines. And the best part is that because you're a listener of this show, Tap Into The Truth, you can get your order there with $50 off. You get a $50 discount on your order. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P to activate your discount today. Normally, 
you're looking at about $130 for the full setup. You get a steal as a tap into the truth listener. Go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P today and claim your $50 discount. Man, oh man, I, I am so proud of the opportunity that we have to now be associated with Vanish Holsters. These guys are phenomenal. Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, let's get back to the show, shall we? Uh, Going to try and squeeze two stories in before the uh, reset of the hour. We'll see if we get there. If not, we'll just have to carry over, and I'll have to push a little bit harder in the next hour. <laughs> okay, so why did Joe Biden's CIA director meet with Jeffrey Epstein after his conviction? That is a question that a lot of us are asking right about now because news broke going into the Friday afternoon news dump, hoping that this would fly under the radar, that that is exactly what happened. So maybe once the White House Correspondents Association sleeps off its hangover from this past Saturday night's little soiree, one of its members, just one, that's all I'm asking for, maybe one of them can ask the Biden administration why the current CIA director, William Burns, met with the late, uber-creepy Jeffrey Epstein after that 2008 conviction. I mean, it seems a legitimate question, doesn't it? Isn't it something we ought to know? On Sunday, the Wall Street Journal reported that Burns, in fact, did meet with Epstein three times in 2014. The international sleazebag of mystery pleaded guilty in 2008 to procuring for prostitution of a minor. Epstein, of course, received a sweetheart deal where he was sentenced uh, to the ever slightest of time in exchange for his plea. Literally a prison sentence that had him spend almost no time in jail whatsoever. In fact, he was getting to work from his office during most of the time he was supposed to be incarcerated. Everybody in the United States knew who this monster was by 2014. Everybody. The news had broke. The secret was out. Nobody anywhere on any corner of this country, or very many places around the world for that matter, did not instantly recognize the name Jeffrey Epstein. Well, almost everybody knew who Epstein was, if Burns' alibi is to be believed, because from 2011 to 2014, Burns was, un he was the United States Deputy Secretary of State. He served under Secretary of State when Miss Hillary Rodham Clinton, who most definitely knew who Jeffrey Epstein was. And, of course, when Hillary was Secretary of State, the occupant of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue happened to be one Barack Hussein Alu Akbar Obama. Now, a spokesperson for the public servant told the journal that he had no idea who Epstein was during that time. So somebody speaking on behalf of Burns literally said to the Wall Street Journal, mm, 
I didn't know who he was. You had multiple meetings with him, and you had no idea who he was? Really? You worked for directly answering to Hillary Rodham Clinton, who Bill had multiple trips on the... I'm really trying not to say something that is ridiculously inappropriate and might get me in trouble on most platforms. So I'm just going to say the express flight to Pedophile Island. That We can leave it at that, right? That's safe enough. It still gets my disdain across. Right? So, anyway, CIA spokeswoman Tammy... Cooperman Thorpe said in a statement to the newspaper, the Wall Street Journal, quote, the director did not know anything about him other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition to the private sector. They had no relationship, no relationship, stopping by visiting, saying, hey, how you doing? but no relationship. Now, that doesn't exactly exude much confidence in Burns' competence, then, does it? I mean, as I pointed out, very long-standing relationship with the Clintons by then, as somebody that uh, certainly Obama was familiar with. So the people that he directly reported to, they had relationships. They knew who Jeffrey Epstein was. Why are you having meetings with a guy if you don't know who he is? I mean, you would have to be really incompetent to be going and doing these things and not know who Jeffrey Epstein was at this point. How could you have a government position when literally uh, my grandmama hanging out down at the nursing home who watches an hour of television a day knows exactly who Jeffrey Epstein was. It doesn't require a great deal of intel, but information that you, as Undersecretary of State, Deputy Secretary of State, would definitely have access to, and you would think would be required reading before you had a meeting with the guy. So either you're really incompetent, or you're a big fat liar, or, as is most often the case with this administration, can't it be both? So anyway, what sort of high-ranking government official has several meetings, once in D.C., twice in Epstein's New York City home, without running a background check on the individual accompanying them? Of course, rumors and conspiracy theories have long suggested that Epstein was secretly working for the CIA itself, or a foreign intelligence agency that was sharing information. It certainly appears to be a reasonable expectation, the fact that Miss Galene Maxwell seems to have been a handler. Uh, lots and lots of things hint to the possibility of Epstein having been a CIA asset. So, yes, the rumors, the conspiracy theories, uh, people applying a little bit of common sense to what little bit of actual knowledge uh, and information that is available, all kind of point in that same direction. 
So not unreasonable to think that. There, of course, has been no concrete proof that that's the case. But there hasn't really been any solid explanation for what exactly Epstein did or how he was able to run his business of pimping out underage girls to prominent individuals from around the globe for so long. Burns, who was confirmed to the CIA back in March of 2021, should have to explain why he was really meeting with Epstein back in 2014. Somebody should ask him the question. Surely, the lapdog media will get to the bottom of this, right? I mean, we can count on them to, to do the right thing. They, they understand that we, the American public, have a right to know, right? We hear them say that often enough. I mean, they are constantly promising us that they're going to speak truth to power these days. We hear it every single day, right? We'll hold our breath on that actually happening. <gasps> okay, I'm done holding my breath. We know it's not going to happen. We know what these people are actually up to. And it's clearly no good. These are bad people doing bad things. And the fact that we have this visit to Ep Jeffrey Epstein at this point in time, uh, certainly well before his last incarceration, incarceration that uh, led to him definitely not killing himself. <coughs> you to be damned. And I got another strike. Here's the situation, by the way. I'm going to just very briefly mention this. When I upload the podcast onto Spreaker, YouTube is still one of the automatic places that the show is distributed to. I have went in and changed it now. Finally figured out how to do it. It used to be a lot harder, and they've actually, thank, thankfully, uh, thank you folks over at Spreaker, I made it easier to disconnect. But for the longest time, I couldn't disconnect. So every time I would upload the show, I'd have to wait for it to start uploading over there and delete it. Because I, I literally had made a point of trying to take just about everything down over there, with a few minor exceptions. Just because literally every show I've ever done at this point violates one of the ridiculous community standards. Well, last Friday's show, we were so late getting it uploaded for technical reasons that it was wee hours of the morning before it hit over there. And I didn't get to... Uh, to delete it before it got distributed. And I kind of forgot that I didn't do it because I was super tired the next day. So I got an email today that they had taken it down and deleted the content. And now my channel has another strike. Thankfully, enough time has passed since my previous strikes. They haven't deleted the account because I still think I can find some way to make it worthwhile to put their infrastructure to work for me in some positive way, and I'm going to continue to work on making that happen. But I'm I'm down for a week over there. Not that I was doing much, and it's not that big of a deal. But for the terrible, terrible, very no-good crime of one of the guests on Friday night, Kevin Thompson from Zinc Media Arts Radio, just made the off-the-cuff statement, that's a very true statement, by the way, that Donald Trump had the election stolen from him.
Now, it doesn't matter if you think it was full-blown shenanigans, glitches in the system, or if you just, very much like I do, easily believe that the media stacked the deck and that there was a genuine effort by governmental officials to suppress information that the voting public should have known, i.e. the laptop from hell, Hunter Biden's laptop. There were a plethora of things that went on. There were shenanigans in certain places. And as I pointed out on multiple occasions, you didn't have to have widespread cheating. You just had to have well-targeted cheating. So I stand very much by the statement that clearly, based on how states ignored their own state constitutions involving uh, voting laws, how certain states completely changed laws in place in ways that did not match how their laws are supposed to be changed, how there were certifications of elections that should not have been certified, again, in accordance with state constitutions, how there were a stream of very strange and unique coincidences in certain locations, not to mention the whole 2,000 mules part of the scenario as well. Uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, uh, uh, hat tip to Dinesh D'Souza. Um, yeah, throwing all that stuff out the window, you can legitimately say that that election was stolen by virtue of just how the media and how social media platforms managed to uh, suppress actual information. I don't think they can deny that aspect of the story anymore. They'll still want to downplay how much of an influence it was, but they can't deny the fact that they actually did it anymore. And to basically use the excuse that they're trying to make YouTube a safe platform uh, and prevents disinformation, or in this case, misinformation. Dude, seriously, it's an opinion that was stated by one of my guests. And uh, sure, I, as the host, have a certain responsibility to who comes on, but my way of thinking is more speech is the solution to bad speech. And that everybody has a right to express themselves and should be heard. And then you decide for yourself how much you believe. I'm not promoting their ideas. I know the arguments made that if you give them a platform, you are. No. No. I give them a platform because they are a serious voice in the conservative movement. I give them a platform because they have the right to be heard. And YouTube, you do not have the right to suppress that information because you are not just a private company anymore. You are, for all intents and purposes, a platform. And a platform, you can set your community guidelines. You can set the minimum standards for what is allowable. But until you start applying those rules equally across the board, you're not exactly going to win me over. Okay, just understand that. So, you know, again, just kind of offhand, it's it just sticks in my crawl. And the guy just made one little statement, and it was this past Friday's live show. So easy enough for you to go back into the, uh, the archives if you just want to go back one and take a listen. 
to see exactly what it is that they feel like is so dangerous for you to hear. Absolutely, absolutely mind-numbing the stupidity and the utter biasness of these platforms. But they claim that they're not being biased. They claim that they're just trying to create a safe community. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want a safe community, instead of trying to silence somebody from expressing their opinion about the outcome of the 2020 presidential election, maybe you should also be in the pursuit of truth. Maybe you should be trying to help promote and incentivize people to go ask the question of the current CIA director, why were you meeting with Jeffrey Epstein? while he was supposedly serving a prison sentence, while he was getting his sweetheart deal. Why does that not register as something to help create a safe community? Because this community, aka the United States of America, cannot be safe by definition as long as we have people that are working in the administrative halls of this country, unelected, supposedly answerable to the executive branch, supposedly answerable to a certain amount of oversight from the legislative branch, supposedly doing the work of the people until they're held accountable and until they can be honest about why you, in a capacity of being a deputy director at the State Department, would be meeting with this guy, who you claim to not know, that's what we need answered. That would, that would be something to help make a safe community. Knowing the truth so they can be held accountable. All right, let's reset the hour right there. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back after this very brief break. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west they homeschooled on their farm 
much more from so much less. They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. Hey y'all, this is Derek Johnson. You can find me at DerekJohnsonCountry.com and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tapping Through the Truth. She's hair pulled back in a camo cap with a catfish on the line. She's an evening gown, night on the town, candlelight and wine. She's shy, she's bold, she's like a nice cold fireball whiskey shot. She's a big high five on the 50 yard line. She's a real cool kind of hot. With her long hair's blowing out a roll-down window My old truck shines like a brand new limo I'm the guy with the big old smile and all the selfie shots She's like an August day when you're bailing hay And that lemonade hits the spot She's fun and free and lets me be me She's a real cool kind of hot Yeah, real cool kind of hot All righty, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much. We're diving headlong into hour number two right about now. And, uh, you know, thank you for being here. Uh, and I mean it. Okay, uh, I mentioned the fact that Kevin Thompson was uh, on the air with us this Friday night. Wasn't originally scheduled to be a guest. He was kind of hanging out as we were doing a test run. Essentially ended up uh, being on air uh, for part of the expansion of the Tap into the Truth family. Uh, we are now officially uh, being simulcast no longer just with WCET-FM in Columbia, South Carolina, along with TheLastFrequency.com and the Vera Network, but, uh, of course, K-Star Talk Radio Network as well. We also are now part of the ZMA Radio uh, Network as well. So that uh, Friday night spot is really getting a larger and larger audience. And uh, part of that, again, is you guys. If you're one of the regular listeners, that means that you're helping us to grow because people are seeing the value of this audience. It's not me. I mean, you're coming here, uh, hopefully, to see what new wacky zany thing I'm doing or saying. But at the end of the day... You're what brings value to this program. So I want you to understand that I greatly appreciate it. So, again, thank you so much. Uh, ZMA stands for Zinc Media Arts Radio. I appreciate you guys for not only saying, hey, yeah, you know what? We need to uh, to partner up to help continue to expand the reach and the audience of the conservative message, but, uh, you know, for just being so gosh dang cool about it, too. I'm really digging it. Uh, a lot of great shows over there. 
Uh, definitely had a link in the show description for the podcast if you need to go back uh, to last Friday night. Uh, depending on how much room is available, because, you know, I do still have a limited number of characters and show descriptions, uh, may try to continue to leave a link there so you guys can go check out something uh, other than just the uh, Rod Eccles show, which, of course, is a bit of the flagship over there. They've got some other great shows on there as well. And, oh, yeah, by the way, found out that uh, Ron Edwards is going to be over there as well starting this week. So his regular live show, that's one more platform where you can find him too. So, hey, good news there, right? So while that, of course, means one more way that you can satiate your hunger for conservative messages and conservative values, it means that I need to remind you about, you know, your actual physical hunger and how to avoid it. And you need to be concerned about avoiding it because right now, China is in fact hoarding just massive amounts of food. Uh, you know, I know I keep warning you about this because it's important. And just in case you missed the previous conversations, and if you're new to the show, if this is the first time you're hearing it, or if maybe somehow for whatever you always manage to be doing something else while you're playing this in the background and happen to miss it, whatever, I need to make sure you do not mess this message. China is hoarding food in massive amounts. What does that mean? Well, according to the experts, means with nearly two-thirds of the world's corn and over half of the world's rice and over half the world's wheat being hoarded over there, that they are very much concerned about global food shortages. And China is the canary in the coal mine when it comes to global food shortages, because even when things are great, they are the number one egg importer of food around the world. I mean, period, end of discussion. The world's number one importer, they literally rely on the rest of the world to feed their people. So what is it that they know that we don't? Uh, good question, right? Regardless of whatever that may be, I think the real question is, how is it that whatever they know and the hoarding that they're doing, how is it going to affect everyday normal Americans like you and me? Well, again, to keep circling back around to those same two words, food shortages. We've already seen a little of that. It's only going to continue to get worse. We need to be prepared. And that's what makes this a really good time and a really smart idea. To go ahead and stock up on the best-selling four Patriot Survival Food Kits, period. If you already have a stockpile, continue to get more. If you haven't started yet, please don't wait. You've got to start getting ready, and you've got to do it before it is too late. Uh, in I get it. Once you start seeing empty uh, shelves on the stores, it is too late by then. Get yourself prepared. And there's some really really cool aspects about the four Patriot survival food. You you need to go ahead and start stockpiling your own storage. Okay? 
The uh, four Patriot Survival Food Kits, they're hand-packed in the USA. The kits are compact. They're easily stackable, meaning that you can store a whole lot of them in small amounts of space. They have different breakfasts, lunches, dinners, so you don't run the risk of burning out on any one particular flavor or one particular food if you find yourself in a situation where you're having to rely on them for an extended period of time whether it's three or four days or a couple of weeks, whatever the situation may be. And if you're worried about what that tastes like, then go on over and start reading the tons and tons of five-star reviews where almost every single one of them just absolutely raves about the taste of the food. Right now, you can get 10% off your purchase of 4Patriot Survival Food by typing in promo code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, at checkout. Just go to 4 and use code TAP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your purchase of the 4 Patriot Survival Food, uh, plus literally anything else over in the store as well. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. And again, use promo code TAP to get that 10% discount. All right, let's jump back into the show, shall we? Uh, Bernie Sanders has been making a lot of headlines all of a sudden. Since since he officially announced that he wouldn't be challenging Joe Biden, he has said some really ridiculous things like Biden's going to win in a landslide and silly things like that. Uh, of course, you know, Joe, uh, Bernie is a funny bird, right? The guy's never, never in his life held an actual job. His first position was being mayor. Okay, he won while he was still living in his parents' basement. He became mayor, of Burlington, Delaware, and uh, and what what do you have to say of Burlington, Vermont? I, I said Delaware. I'm thinking about stupid Joe Biden. I apologize, but Vermont. Bernie Sanders now in an interview said this week, and, and this is part of what makes him so dangerous. Because he is a true socialist. And the reason he's a true socialist slash communist is because he hasn't ever earned his own way. He's never once not depended on the cash of his parents and then of the taxpayers, whether he's being mayor or once he became senator. He's always worked in the government at some level, when he's worked at all. It's never had to meet a payroll, never had to run a business, never had to be answerable to somebody else that actually held him accountable. Never did. That's why the the man got to be a freaking full-blown communist as a kid and never outgrew it because he never was exposed to the realities of what actually empowers people to do better. But in an interview this week, he said that he believes, and he means this, you know he does, that he believes that all money people make, all the money that you may earn over $999 million per year, should be taken by the federal government. Just take it. doesn't matter how you earned it, why you earned it, what you did to earn it. Now, in my mind, as an American, if you actually legitimately earn that money... That's your money. It doesn't belong to the government. The government doesn't have a right to just show up and take it. Any reasonable person who actually works and earns whatever amount they get should feel the same way. 
It's only people that are not producers. It's only people that are not actually out there earning their cash that should feel any differently. And the reason they should feel differently is because that's where the money comes from to take care of them. If you're somebody who's out here working and you're still depending on the government to take care of you because you feel like you can't earn enough to take care of yourself or whatever, I promise you that if you're legitimately earning your own money and you go out there and put in the effort and impress your employer to earn raises and to get promotions, you can do better for yourself than whatever pittance the government is eventually going to give you. I promise you that's the case. It's still true right now, although the Biden economy, they're trying everything in their power to make that not be the case anymore. But even at this moment in time, and that's part of what we're fighting for as conservatives, it is still the case. It is absolutely true. I guarantee it. So whatever you're earning, you should want to keep. You should want to decide how you're going to disperse it, how you're going to spend it. And if if you choose to engage in contributions to your church and contributions to charity or direct charitable acts, it should be your choice. You decide how you're going to let your money be used, how you're going to let your money be spent. That is your decision. You've earned that right by virtue of earning that money. And that should not change. If, if you feel that way about yourself with whatever you're earning, however little or however much that may be, then you should extend that same idea, that same thought, that same recognition of what actual fairness, as opposed to what the left calls fear, what actual fairness says, you should be willing to extend that to whoever is earning their money, period, no matter how much of it it is. Why set such an arbitrary number? $999 million per year. Why did he pick that number? Because that means he's still only picking on billionaires. He used to say the same thing about millionaires until he became one. And then all of a sudden, millionaires aren't the problem anymore. Bernie Sanders, absolute communist, absolute socialist, yet still a bit of a capitalist when it comes to his own life. He sets this number absolutely ridiculous that anybody thinks this guy is a thought leader or has any business being an elected official in the United States. It's absurd. Of course, the socialist senator... Socialist Senator made the remarks during an interview with Chris Wallace on CNN's Who's Talking to Chris Wallace, which, you know, I don't think I've adequately expressed my thoughts on the title of that show. Who's talking to Chris Wallace? Uh, who wasted their time workshopping that name, and that was the best one that came out? I mean, say what you will about Chris Wallace, I generally would have thought, he would have rejected such a ridiculous title of the show. But hey, that's the name of the show. Shall we move on? Not the point of the story, so let's move on. Wallace, of course, says, <clears throat> Sir, you're saying that billionaires should not exist? So are you basically saying that once you get to $999 million, uh, that the government should just compensate all the rest? 
Bernie. Yo, bro. Bernie bros unite. Bernie says, I'm saying that we should go back to the very progressive tax policy that we had under Dwight D. Eisenhower. Which would mean that over a billion dollars, it's basically all goes to the government. This is Wallace uh, asking the question back. Which would mean that over a billion dollars, it basically all goes back to the government. Sanders responds by saying, yeah. You may disagree with me. Fine. Yeah. I think people can make it on $999 million. Here's my problem with that. They're still saying per year. But we know that they also include things like stock value. They look at your total net worth. Now, the thing about counting stocks as part of your net worth, it's completely legitimate to be able to, to say, okay, I do own the stock. It's valued at this point right now. So at this moment in time, it's a reflection of my net worth if I decided to cash out. If I decided to, to turn those stocks into a more liquid asset, a.k.a. cash. But as long as it's held in stock, it's an unrealized asset. It's an unrealized benefit. The same way that it goes in reverse. If all of a sudden, if you have a $100,000 in Apple stock, and then Apple tanks next week, and suddenly it's only worth $10,000, well, you just took a bath on that stock. But you still haven't lost a penny, technically, until you sell that stock at the lower value. So it's an unrealized loss. Does it hurt your net worth? Yes, absolutely, because again, they only count the current market value of the stock. But is it fair to tax somebody on something that's not an actual liquid asset? Now... Any conservative worth their salt is going to tell you no, absolutely not, because, again, its value changes literally minute to minute. When you're talking about a publicly traded stock, absolutely minute to minute, it's never the same. If you watch the markets to that extent, you'd probably go nuts trying to say, oh, no, what just happened to my retirement? It'll be fine. Just let it ride. And obviously, when I say that, I'm overgeneralizing. Most stocks bounce back fine. That doesn't mean that you might not need to readjust your portfolio. And I am in no means, by any means, offering financial advice. What I am saying is trying to use a generalized example. Bernie considers that to be okay, though. Bernie wants you to believe that there is some magic number where you just shouldn't be allowed to have any more. Because Bernie, like a lot of other leftists, are trying to convince everybody out there that it's a zero-sum game. There's only X amount of money, so there's only so much one person can have. And the more that one person has, it means the less that everyone else can have. 
But that's not how our economy works, and it never has been for those of us that believe in free markets. For those of us that believe in creating value and creating wealth, we create that from our efforts, from our labor, from our work. And the same thing for every other person out there that actually gets their hustle on, that actually gets out there and works. And whether you're talking about sweat equity or however it is your labor is measured, that's what creates wealth. If you're not creating enough wealth for you through your efforts, you need to find a way to um, change that equation. But just because Elon Musk makes a million dollars tomorrow, and again, obviously, I'm not throwing out any real-world numbers here, but just because Elon Musk makes a million dollars tomorrow doesn't mean that that had to come from one dollar from a million other people or ten dollars from whatever. You, you get what I'm saying, right? People will be choosing to engage in commerce, but it's not a zero-sum game. And that's the ultimate issue that the left doesn't want you to understand. They don't want you to actually assign value to your time and your energy in a way that means something. Now, they talk a good game when they talk about you should be freed up to pursue your artistic goals, which, hey, if you can get to that point, great. Don't expect everyone else to be forced to um, to be there and uh, offer up that uh, the cash for you. Don't expect us all to subsidize those efforts. But if you can find a sponsor who's willing to do so, then great, good for you. And that should be their choice too. They should see the value in what it is you're doing once you've convinced them of that worth, and then uh, you go from there. But that still requires you to put in the effort, and it requires you to have some working knowledge of how the business should work, or at least to be satisfied with what piece of the pie you're getting if you don't know and somebody else is acting as an intermediary. Everybody tries to get a piece of the pie, right? For some folks, that's how they do it. Or, I'm going to be in between. And then just, you know, take a percentage. However it works, you create the wealth. You create that value. And if you manage to get to a point where you're making that kind of money annually, then rather than be... Well, I was going to say rather than be jealous, but truthfully, I might be just a little jelly. <laughs> may actually just be looking at this and say, wow, that is, how do I do that? But I'm also going to be very much on board with the more power to you as long as you legitimately earned it and what you did was legal and moral. If you're doing something immoral, but still is technically legal, I'm going to have to go on a case-by-case -case basis whether or not I'm on board with it. I mean, if you're doing something that's morally ambiguous, and but the legality is not also morally ambiguous, then I'm probably still going to be generally supportive if there's a market there. Uh, but clearly, case-by-case. If it's totally above board, completely legal, and no moral issues at all, then congratulations. If you're making 
$999 billion in profit a year. And I'd say in profit specifically for a reason, because if you've ever had to make a payroll, you know that there's a big difference between uh, $10,000 in sales uh, as opposed to $10,000 in profits. You got to pay your overhead. You got to cover your expenses before you take profits. And I'm rooting for everybody to have as high profitability as possible because that's the type of rising tide that raises all the ships. Is that such a big deal? Hard for us to get to? I would hope not. All right, before we take the uh, mid-hour break, let me once again bring you another message from one of our great sponsors, this one from our good friends over at Gold Co. You know, again, I can't help but remind you that we've seen all this before. Back in 2008, you, you remember watching banks collapse, seeing executives take these huge bonuses, and watching the White House just run to their rescue, leaving the American people in general uh, just kind of hanging out to dry. Well, right now we've got a not-so-secret secret Fed bailout happening, and it's looking like 2008 all over again. Uh, the similarities are impossible to miss. Meanwhile, regular people like you and me, we're struggling. We're having a hard time. That's why I'm so grateful for you guys listening. Uh, that helps me to make a little extra of my own wealth building uh, here doing this. You guys, just by virtue of listening now, uh, adding on to the uh, the ad revenue, and when you take actions and, and some of these messages from the sponsors, you're helping to continue to support the show, and you're getting things that you need or take advantage of services that you should take advantage of. So thank you so much for that. But at the same time, I know exactly the type of struggles you're having. Tough times paying the bills. Uh, certainly can't afford to keep our gas tanks filled, especially if we have larger vehicles, some of the trucks in this neck of the woods, you know. And the Biden administration having the nerve to bail out these folks at Silicon Valley Bank, many of which had direct ties to the Chinese Communist Party. But regardless, all of the Americans that were still in Silicon Valley all very wealthy Americans, not the folks that needed the bailouts, but that's who they bail out instead. And who's paying for that? You. You're paying for that. Me, I'm helping to pay for that. Tax-paying citizens across the board, we have to cover that bill because the federal government has no money of its own. The good news is, though, that you don't have to continue to play that particular game anymore. You can opt out of that part of the system at least. You can move your cash into gold and silver right now before it's too late. Go ahead and give our friends over at Gold Co. a call. That number is 855-387-2932 to learn the three simple steps that you can take right now to protect your savings with gold and silver and uh, other precious metals as well. Take action today to protect yourself and your family from financial collapse. Uh, and please do it before the White House shows up and tries to take the rest of it away from us. Call 
3-2 right now and learn how you could get up to $10,000 in bonus silver while supplies last. Uh, one more time, that number to call again is 855-387-2932. Uh, call the folks at uh, Gold Co. right now, or at least by the time the show's over. That seems like a good opportunity, right? All right, with that said, let's go ahead and take the mid-hour break, and then I will very, very desperately try to sneak in. Mm, I'm going to try to get two stories in in the last segment. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. This is Matt Fitzgibbons from PatriotMusic.com, and you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap into the Truth. As a believer in Yahweh and follower of Christ, it pains me to publicly admit that leftist Bill Maher of CNN fame has recently displayed more integrity and concern regarding America's black-on-black crime problem than many so-called ministers. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee, recently Mr. Maher asked the simple question, where are the Democrats and black celebrities when it comes to the massive leftist domestic terrorism and black crime problem throughout the nation? When it comes to the leftist domestic terrorism, crime, and left-wing extremism, which is the single biggest cause of today's rampant crime, between the woke revolutionaries and their occasional riots and the massive crime wave, which is a result of the far-left criminal justice reform policies that has caused more crime in this republic than almost anything else, but we cannot ignore the fact that ministers no longer instruct their parishioners on the importance of good moral behavior and character. I rarely hear ministers express the level of uh, concern spoken by Bill Maher, which is very concerning to me. The Founding Fathers warned that if we lose our morals, we will no longer be free. Wake up, America. It's almost too late. I'm Ron Edwards. See ya on the next page from the Albert's Notebook. Second Skull. Breakthrough. Revolutionary. Game-changing protection for athletes. Second Skull is an advanced line of protective headgear designed to mitigate the effects of sudden impacts. These impacts are driven by two types of energies. A linear impact occurs when the head sustains a direct hit and then comes to an abrupt stop. Helmets provide protection and reduce the transfer of energy to the head. Here, our protective skull cap provides additional impact protection through its impact absorption technology. A rotational impact occurs when the head is impacted at an angle before coming to a quick stop. Here, our product reduces the amount of energy transferred to the head. Helmets provide protection to dissipate some of the rotational forces. The second skull cap 
provides additional rotational energy benefits by redirecting impact energy. Second skull provides an independent layer between the head and the helmet. The result is an improved rotational benefit value caused by the slip in our protective skull cap. The slip is further enhanced by the fact that each second skull cap has a floating protective material layer nested between two fabric layers. The layers are comprised of a low friction fabric moisture wicking layer and an independent impact absorbing layer. Our second skull cap provides game changing protection against both linear and rotational forces. The result is two great protective benefits that improve most helmets. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Hello, my name is Tyler Boone, singer-songwriter and founder of the award-winning Homegrown Boone's Bourbon label out of Charleston, South Carolina. In just four years, Boone's Bourbon has been awarded some incredible awards, such as the Platinum Los Angeles, Double Gold New York, Gold Las Vegas, Silver Denver, and also named Top Six in the World in Forbes. We're also being featured in Rolling Stone magazine, Billboard magazine, American Songwriter, and we're also now available in 24 states all across the country. So Boone's Bourbon is a high-proof, cash-strength bourbon at 117 proof. We are 75 corn, 21 rye, 4 barley, and at our price point, we're beating the competition at $40 in the retail stores. Boone's Bourbon is a family-owned business out of Charleston, South Carolina with my father, Mick Boone. Cheers, we hope to see you soon. Hi, this is Matt Fitzgibbons at PatriotMusic.com. If you share my passion for the simple but timeless principles that made our republic great and you like rock music, check out my five albums and videos on American history at PatriotMusic.com. Hi, I'm Christina Bob, author of Stealing Your Vote and attorney for the Donald J. Trump for President 2024 campaign. And you're listening to Tim Tap and Tap Into the Truth. Love is like oxygen, and so glad to have Christina Bob as one of the illustrious guests that have appeared on this show. And thanks to her and everybody else that makes one of these liners. I greatly appreciate all that. Um, and you know who else I appreciate? Every last one of you, which is why I'm always quick to remind you that uh, it's vital 
that we continue to fight for our constitutional protected rights, that they are in fact God-given, not government-granted, but supposed to be government-protected because they're enshrined by that Constitution. And one of those, of course, is our Second Amendment rights to own and bear arms. As regular listeners of this show know, one of the surest paths towards oppression is to give up your guns or to not have one with you when you need it, which is why I would also like to talk about the big mistake that a lot of people make with their holsters. A lot of them go out there and they get one that's so uncomfortable that they just stop using it. And then they stop carrying as a result, meaning that their quest to defend themselves, their family, uh, their property, well, it fails right at the start. And that's why the Vanish holster is quickly becoming one of the most popular holsters in America. Thousands of customers say that it's the most comfortable holster ever. And when you get one, you'll never stop carrying. This holster also saves you money because it literally fits 99% of all semi-auto handguns out there. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry multiple positions. And you get to carry two fully loaded magazines along with your firearm. Best part? <clears throat> That's right. Because you listen to this show. Whether you're listening to the podcast or whether you're listening to the live show on Friday nights on the multiple platforms where it appears, because you listen to this show, you can get $50 off your purchase over at Vanish Holsters. Just go to www.vnsh.com backslash tap, that's T-A-P-P, to activate your discount today. You get a steal of a deal because you listen to Tap Into the Truth. So go to www.vnsh.com backslash T-A-P-P today to claim your $50 discount. How could you not want to just go do that? I mean, seriously. 50 bucks off on a great holster that you're going to be glad you got. And feel free to go ahead and check out all the reviews first. See what people are saying about Vanish Holsters. The phenomenal product. A phenomenal product. All right, let's get back to the show real quick because I'm going to be very time-constrained to try and uh, get both these in. So I'll probably just do a quick hit with one. But I want to spend a little time talking about this one as well because, well, you know, culture is, well, culture is upstream of politics, right? So... Politics is downstream of culture. The culture war matters. Well, we've already seen the fine folks at Ayn... Blah, 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 blah. I never see this. Okay, the fine folks at Anheuser-Busch trying to do some crazy backpedaling over this Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. But now they're feeling pressure from the other side. Some pro-LGBT groups, they're mounting efforts to pressure Bud Light in particular to, quote, stand in solidarity with the trans community. How long is it going to be before the trans community realizes that Dylan Mulvaney isn't actually part of the trans community? I mean, he definitely falls into the LGBT section. 
because he's gay. He's a flamboyant gay man who is now cosplaying as a woman and claiming transgenderism as the defense for his cosplay. It gives him an opportunity to do things that he just wasn't able to do back when he was just a gay guy. And that is a position he very openly held while he was being that performative artist that he claims to be. You look a little bit further into his past, and I have to admit, I didn't know jack about Dylan Mulvaney until he made an appearance at the White House. Not the circles I run in, not the community I pay a great deal of attention to, because he wasn't part of the trans community until all of a sudden his performance art took him to cosplaying, not just as a woman, but essentially as like a freaking 13 to 15 year old girl is really the way he carries on. And even more insulting, this caricature of womanhood that he plays in this ridiculous performative art, if you want to call it art, uh, is such a hyper-exaggerated stereotype of what men think women act like. And there's no basis in reality of his performance. Anyway. Regardless of how long is it going to take for women to get mad at Dylan, how long is it going to take for trans people to realize that he's not really trans, all these things are questions that are up in the air. And of course, the left and the gang mentality of the woke mob suggests that you're not allowed to question that. So as long as you're not questioning it, I guess you never come to that realization, right? Uh, eventually, Dylan has to come clean, and that's not ever going to happen, uh, not any time soon at any rate. Anyway, a leftist pro-LGBT organization is currently trying to pressure Anheuser-Busch, the maker of Bud Light, along with several other beer brands, uh, trying to pressure them into coming out publicly and announce its support for the controversial influencer Dylan Mulvaney. Uh, not sure why they think that's necessary, but according to The Hill... They reported that the Human Rights Campaign sent a letter to Anheuser-Busch last week that criticized the company's response to the significant backlash that it's faced across the country over its paid marketing engagements with Mulvaney. Uh, I emphasize the word significant because it's been a lot. Even people that typically have never gotten engaged in the social justice battles of the culture war really kind of felt like this was a bridge too far. Anyway, quoting here from the letter, <clears throat> let me put on my serious reading voice. In this moment, it is absolutely critical for Anheuser-Busch to stand in solidarity with Dylan and the trans community. Guys, actually, I'm going to remind you again, not the same thing. Just because Dylan says he's trans doesn't mean he really is. And you can't tell me that you believe the way he acts suggests that he really is. It's a performative thing. He's cosplaying. He's woman-facing. You know, the same thing as blackface, only pretending to be a woman instead of, you know what I'm saying, woman-face. I, I, is that a term that we can use? Can we make that the term? Is that even the best term available? Should we maybe workshop that a bit? Anyway, well, they want Anheuser-Busch to stand in solidarity with Dylan 
and the trans community. However, when faced with anti-LGBTQ+, and transphobic criticism, Anheuser-Busch's actions demonstrate a profound lack of fortitude in upholding its values of diversity, equity, and inclusion to employees, customers, shareholders, and LGBTQ plus community. Okay, I'm going to need to stop you there. You included shareholders. The lack of fortitude to the shareholders started when they created the relationship with Dylan Mulvaney in complete lack of acknowledgement of rule number one of marketing. Know your target audience. Now, of course, the lady who was formerly in charge of the account, who had the great brainstorming idea of, if we're going to chase down millennials, if we're going to chase down Gen Zers, we're going to need to, I don't know, act like uh, like everybody drinks this low-quality light beer. And I'm sorry, for any of you all that actually like Bud Light out there, okay, uh, taste is subjective. But in the grand scheme of things, if you are okay with Bud Light, there's a ton of better beers out there that you would be happier with. And some of them actually cost less. Although I still heavily recommend Einstock. A great craft beer. I would even send you in the general direction if you happen to be in California of Full Circle Brewery and all the great beers that they make. I would even point out uh, any of the great products from Island Brands. Lots of really, really good beers that fit in these different niches, and a lot of them are so much better than Bud Light. And a lot of those companies may even be more open to legitimately standing side-by-side with the community. But the bottom line here is you guys are asking for something that Anheuser-Busch is acting the exact correct way to this fiasco. They're now recognizing the fact that their actual customer base doesn't like forced wokeism thrust upon them when they're hanging out at a bar to have a beer because they want to get away from all this bovine excrement of the day, typically from woke numbskulls like you. And it doesn't do anything for the LGBTQ plus community, the fact that Dylan Mulvaney is or isn't a paid spokesperson. In fact, it's utterly ridiculous that Dylan Mulvaney is getting uh, so much more attention as he's cosplaying to be a woman, doing his performative art, and uh, uh, something that probably will come to an end sometime soon, because this is still all springboarding off of his 365 days of being a woman which was all a freaking stunt for uh, video social media platforms. Hey, look at me. I'm still just, you know, begging for attention. Well, it's worked. He's gotten it. Don't think he's going to like it too much, much longer. And yes, he's still going by the name Dylan, so I'm going to keep calling him he. I'm just going to do that anyway. Anyway, back to... Uh, Back to this letter. Back to my serious reading voice. This not only lends credence to hate-filled rhetoric, it exposes Anheuser-Busch to long-term business impacts with employees and customers increasingly looking 
her steadfast commitment to LGBTQ plus corporate citizenship. And who exactly is that? Okay, who is that? I really don't think there's a whole lot of the LGBTQ community that's out there saying, hey, give me a bud. I, I just don't. And even if you are, how does it matter what the company's politics are when you're going to lose the brand entirely if they stay on this course? And forget about your crapola statement about hate-filled rhetoric. Most of the comments that are being made, there's no hate involved. It's just another pushback to the fact that the whole idea of the performance that Dylan is giving really demeans the existence of women, period. And hey, ladies, uh, seriously, when are you guys going to start joining in this pushback? Because you need to be on board with this. Stop leaving the heavy lifting to folks like uh, J.K. Rowling, who's taking slings for all of you, because she's got the gumption to stand up against her former leftist cohorts, because she's still very much to the left on every other topic on the planet, but as an actual feminist, is refusing to relieve her mind of the knowledge, the biological fact that if you are born with an XY chromosome set, you can't simply say, uh, I'm a woman now, and it be the truth. You just can't. So get into the fight, too. And stop leaving it to the guys at the bars who finally said, uh, not my beer. I mean, that's, it's kind of sad that that's what it took to create, finally, some legitimate pushback to something that's actually out here harming people. And the left's efforts to thrust gender conversions, as they call it, gender-affirming care, onto children, there should be no adult anywhere that doesn't understand they have an inherent responsibility to protect children, and that... This is a targeting of children in a fashion that is permanent that will harm them long term for a sensation or a feeling that they will most likely outgrow once puberty is over. Period. Leading credence to hate-filled rhetoric. You're, you're going to accuse me of spreading hate-filled rhetoric just by saying this and saying, uh, no, it's not. Now, I will be the first to admit that some of the pushback, it gets kind of rude, it gets kind of vulgar. A lot of it's pretty damn funny, but it does get to a point where some of it may be fueled by hate. But it's not hate of trans people. It's hate of your woke insistence that everyone just accept your version of reality because you speak it, despite the fact that it can complete and total 180 degree opposite direction of what actual reality is. Do not turn on four lights and demand that I say that there are five lights in order for me to have my freedom. Do not try and push me into agreeing with your fallacy. Now, if I choose to play along with your little reindeer game, then fine, my choice. But you do not have a right to try to push me into going along with it. You just don't. 
And that's not hate-filled. In fact, it's way more hateful for you to sit around and accuse me of being a bigot because I refuse to go along with your little game. Now, this particular organization is preparing to punish Anheuser-Busch by lowering its long-standing 100% corporate equity index score because of how it's responded to the controversy. Well, again, fine, lower their score. I'm sure they would much prefer to get back their market share. I'm sure they would much prefer to perform their fiduciary responsibilities to their shareholders because they do seem to recognize that they're losing a ton of value to the stock as well as losing a ton in sales. And right now, nothing they've done has adequately satiated their actual target base. The people who before this event were drinking Bud Light. Because it's clearly not you guys. And that 100% corporate equity index, that's something that needs to go away anyway. It doesn't actually provide value to investors. And these index scores that shows how woke a company is actually should be a pretty good indicator that the higher those scores are, the less likely you should be to invest money there. You own stock in Anheuser-Busch, you should have dumped it when the Belgium company took over. When it stopped being an American company in the first place, you should have gotten out. Because it was only a matter of time before these European guys who don't understand what made Budweiser a great American brand in the first place were going to do something to flub it up. Now, the letter said that the human rights campaign once the company, to release a statement reaffirming its full support for its transgender customers, shareholders, and employees. Again, I don't know how many people work for them that are. I'm guessing not many, because there's not a lot of transgender people, even with the social contagion running wild. Certainly, even fewer that are legitimately uh, people that are suffering from gender dysphoria, which you know, is still a real thing, and it is a mental disorder and needs treatment. Not gender-affirming care, but actual treatment to help them get through it. And again, uh, most of the time, the only treatment they actually need is to be allowed to go through puberty if they outgrow it. I mean, just sitting here and trying to convince a group of prepubescent uh, early teens that uh, you're different because you're different isn't that hard because first and foremost we are all different and secondly it's the most awkward stage of our lives as we're going into puberty we're still trying to figure out who we are we don't need any moron out there trying to confuse further children that are going to be at an age where confusion is literally the rule of the day they need to be protected from that kind of outside influence, not embracing it, and certainly not being allowed to perform chemical castrations and surgical mutilations against these kids. Come on. But to continue to conflate what's going on with Dylan Mulvaney and what's going on with their directed attacks on children, uh, one is way more important. We need to protect the children. The rest is up to the individuals to take care of themselves. Now, 
I don't think you want a letter from Anheuser-Busch right now because they're doing the exact thing they need to be doing anyway. Here's a little secret. Every, every corporation around the world does fully support its transgender customers. The same way it fully supports its every other kind of customer. They support their employees to the extent that their corporate uh, culture allows them to support their employees. Again, whether they're transgender or not. Most of this is lip service to try to placate a small but very noisy contingent. So far, the company has declined meeting with the human rights campaign. And I don't blame them. They don't need to because, again, that would be bad PR on their part for the folks they're trying to make amends with. The controversy surrounding Anheuser-Busch was made worse after the CEO, one Mr. Uh, Brendan Whitworth, issued a statement back on April 14th that did not make mention of Mulvaney, didn't make mention of Mulvaney's transgenderism, or even offered an apology to the offended customers. In fact, it was kind of a non-apology that was still branded as being an apology. Saying in a statement, quote, we never intended to be part of a discussion that divides people. We are in the business of bringing people together over a beer. Beer Board, a tech company that provides data to the beverage industry, they said this past week that Bud Light has seen a significant decline in pours at restaurants and bars all across the U.S. following the controversy. And when they say significant, they mean nosedive off the cliff significant. The company has since placed two of its executives on leave, including Daniel Blake, who's in charge of marketing for Anheuser-Busch's mainstream brands, and Bud Light Vice President of Marketing, uh, Elisa Hendrashid, or... Kendra Scheid, Alicia, uh, the chick who made all the excuses. All that being said, it still comes down to one basic premise. The left is going to try to push back because they see they're losing this one. And they don't like losing. They need to lose. All right, I don't have a lot of time to go into this uh, last story, but I'm going to mention it briefly, mostly because this is the Sunday broadcast, and now realizing it's a Sunday broadcast, it is podcast only, so if I run a little over, I can run a little over. Ryan Webb, a local GOP councilman in the great state of Indiana. Well, this past week, he acknowledged something that led to the exposure of the utter lunacy of the left when it comes to transgender policy and identity politics, period. You see, recently, Webb announced to his constituents in Delaware County, Indiana, that he now identifies as a woman of color, making him the first lesbian councilwoman ever elected to the council. It appears to be a bit of a gag, much to the chagrin of the progressives. Quoting here, After much consideration, I have decided to come out and 
finally feel comfortable announcing my true, authentic self. This, of course, was something that Webb wrote on his Facebook page. Uh, continuing from that, it says, uh, It is with great relief that I announce to everyone that I identify as a woman, and not just any woman, but a woman of color as well. I guess this would make me gay, lesbian as well, since I'm attracted to women. Now, Webb, uh, Muncie, Indiana native, uh, said that he would retain using he, him pronouns and might wind up changing his mind someday. Quoting again, To avoid confusion, everyone can continue to address me as Ryan or as Councilman Webb. I will also retain my preferred pronouns of he, him. However, this is I'm, this will in no way diminish my true identity as a woman of color. I'm excited to be a vocal partner with the LGBTQIAPC++ movement. All he needs there is an ampersand and a carrots emoji. Uh, who knows just how far we can take things, but I'm just glad that this is now possible so anyone can be anything or anyone they want. God bless America. Progressives say that Webb is making a mockery of them and are demanding that he resign. Uh, good luck with that. Quote, if he were serious, I'd sing his praises. This from Charlize Jameson, a transgender female. But instead, I know better. We all do. I know better because of his history of making hateful anti-trans statements on social media and disrespecting one's pronouns. He has purportedly and intentionally, per, I'm sorry, he has purposely, not purportedly, he's purportedly, purposely, and intentionally misgendered me, ridiculing my own gender identity. That is not something transgender people do to one another. Uh, Want to bet? See, the thing is, under the leftist rules, you're not allowed to question the sincerity or the sanity of someone who claims that they're a member of the opposite sex. It's just not allowed. You guys don't get to pick and choose. That was always the rules you put in place for us. We're not supposed to do it, or we're automatically bigots. So if you do it, you're automatically a bigot too. So you're going to have to backtrack a little bit there, uh, Miss uh, Charlene, Charlene, whatever your name is. You're not allowed to do it. You can't question his sincerity. Now, best-selling LGBTQ children's author Matt Walsh <laughs> is also on the case to make sure that Webb is respected. <laughs> Walsh, in a tweet, said, quote, Apparently, Ms. Webb's self-identity is not being respected in Delaware County. A number of people at the last council meeting even called for her to resign. I'm wondering if I might need to show up to the next meeting to show my support. Can't tolerate this bigotry in the year 2023. 
I really do like Matt for several reasons. The fact that Matt's willing to stand up for Councilman Webb, really, just one more reason why I like him. At a recent council meeting, Webb continued to put the radical gender ideology on blast in a deadpan fashion, saying, quote, To clarify, I never claimed to be trans anything. I simply expressed my own gender identity. I'm being dead serious. This isn't a joke. I said what I said. I don't know what to tell you. You don't get to question me. You don't get to require proof from me. You are part of the movement that helped establish these rules and set the bar. Okay? You don't get to come later when someone else joins the club that you don't want in. You don't get to question how I identify. If you can wake up one day and change your gender, as Dylan Mulvaney did then you can change your race, too. All Webb is doing is holding the left to the standards that they set for themselves. Rules are rules, after all. That's all he's doing. So Godspeed, Mr. or is it Miss uh, Webb? Congratulations on making history as the first woman of color and lesbian on the Delaware County Council. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for serving and for being seen, for representing. <laughs> anyway, clearly he is showing the absurdity of the left, and they can't stand it. That's, that's the problem. They just can't stand it. Don't know what else to say to him. That's going to have to be it for today. Thank you for staying with me for just a few minutes longer than usual. And remember, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word. Be prepared to put in some effort and, uh, you know, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you leave us alone, well, we'd all be just Gone 
gun control is using both hands. Founders knew the Second Amendment was the final one to keep. To hold our other rights intact so we'd never become sheep. Stalin, Hitler, Mao, Amin, and Pol Pot. They told us things that you never forgot. Lessons to your daughters and sons To fear the government that fears your guns Now the new world order crew Well, they're making their demands They don't feel safe if you are wrong You say gun control Is using both hands Well, I prefer Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.